0: times, arguably most times, the best move a GM makes is to not make a move at all. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovaciewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. As Major League Baseball free agency inches along everywhere else, and doesn't even get started around here, I thought I'd look instead today at maybe the most pivotal player internally for Ben Charrington and his staff to get right. If you've been listening for a long time, you know, I've tell the story of John Sherholz, the legendary GM in Atlanta, forever and ever who once famously spoke that the most important talent that you have to evaluate is your own. His thinking was that the Braves, and that's the Braves of Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox and John Smoltz and so forth. The reason they were able to sustain uh, such ridiculous success, a decade and a half of winning the NL East year after year after year Was that they were able to see who their players were, project them properly, not project them with hope, or, boy, we really like this guy, but the most realistic way possible to assess their true value to the Atlanta Braves. This brings me to Jared Triolo, because I have no idea what they have in him, and guess what? Neither do you, and neither do they. They can't know. The principal reason for that is that he's been in the majors for exactly, mathematically, one-third of a full season. That's right, 54 games. In 2023, he had 181 official at-bats. Now, he had a two ninety-eight batting average, which really pops out on that roster, and a 388 on base, both of which would put him at superstar levels if he came with any pop. So you say, all right, well, then he's not that good because he didn't have any pop. He had three home runs and nine doubles, and that was it. But Triolo also had hook of the hammock surgery earlier in the year. Without getting all technical, it's a bone in your hand that you don't need You're born with it. It just kind of sits there, but it can get in the way of baseball hitters. When it's removed, it's not a risky thing, but it saps your power for about half a year. So Triolo had the hook of the hammock removed, and he goes out there, and all of a sudden, he has absolutely no pop. But he still made it to the majors because he still hit for a high average. He still got on base. And he made it to Pittsburgh. So you think, oh, all right. Okay, well, then this is perfectly valid. Especially since later in the year, you started to see him show some more of that pop. You know, he started driving the ball to the fence. He started a couple of times sending it over the fence. All right, well, great. So then this is real. Well, no, (laughs) hang on. Maybe it's not. Stay with me on this because this is going to be kind of fun and instructive. Triolo had a 440 batting average on balls in play, or as the stats geeks call it, BABIP. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? BABIP. Batting average on balls in play. And what it means is exactly what it sounds like. Anywhere you put the ball in the field of play, and of course this does not count home runs because that's out of the field of play and there's no luck factor to that. It either leaves the yard or it doesn't. Anywhere that you put it in play, if it lands somewhere where an out is not recorded, then it goes into your batting average. It takes away all subjectivity as it relates to scoring decisions, double plays, uh, grounding out to the right side. The whole, everything just goes right out the window. Okay. It's as ice cold as you can get of a metric. Almost every hitter winds up the season at around 300. Again, don't think of that as the regular 300 batting average and think that everyone's weighed bugs. This is 300 just on every ball that gets sent somewhere into the field of play. So it doesn't count strikeouts, doesn't count home runs or anything. This is just are you lucky or are you not? And Triolo's figure, it was 440 for 2023. That is so outrageously high that it strongly suggests that he got really super insanely lucky over the year. Think like Jason DeLay level lucky. And that you don't need any numbers for. You saw that. DeLay would just... I don't know, he'd get a splinter on the ball somewhere and it would just find a hole or hit a blade of grass. and <laughs> It just—it was magic watching his at best through the course of the year. And then, of course, when that luck ran out, you'll recall in the middle of the summer, he looked like the worst hitter of all time and was actually sent back to the minors for a spell. You have no idea. I have no idea. But you have to learn. And the only way to learn, as Triolo is concerned is to let him play. Is he a 298 guy? I mean, he's had some good numbers in the minors. He's never been that high. But it's not like it isn't in there. The other thing about Triolo that's definitely worth pointing out is he is defensively not good, not very good, excellent. He's seen coming up through the minors as someone who's very much a Brian Hayes peer Now, unfortunately, since there always seems to be a but with everything that we say about Triolo, his main position is third base, and that's kind of taken in Pittsburgh. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience underscoring the word Today's J1Q comes from Derek, who says, DK, why are we fans? If there's no real hope, this team's not competitive from the top down. This league, Major League Baseball, has about eight real teams, and the rest are all bottom feeders. Can something like this ever be fixed? Does MLB even want to fix it? How can other leagues with teams from the same markets balance out the competition? Well, Derek, the first thing I'll throw at you is the first thing that they throw at you. And they meaning the people who prefer the status quo. And that is that you really do have a whole lot of different World Series champions. And I'm not just saying that because the Texas Rangers, obviously, a week ago won their first ever. And they've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for 52 years. It changes all the time. Now, my feeling on this has been that it changes all the time because only baseball has an element that's so influential and yet so fickle the way pitching is. You can just get super hot on the mound and go on a tear for two weeks and you're the champs. There's no other sport really where you can do that You can say, yeah, you got a hot quarterback or a hot goaltender, you're going to get something done in the NFL or the NHL, but not to the extreme that a pitcher controls a baseball game. There's nothing comparable in sports to the singular presence of a pitcher. And similarly, here are the Diamondbacks just now who, who won 84 games in the regular season, had a negative 14 run differential, and there they went. Phew, why? Pitching. Because they had some good young pitching that just all got it together at just the right time. And you can even throw in once every 10, 12 years that there will be a team like the Royals a few years back that just have all of their drafts and all of their prospect pools align magically and they have themselves an unbelievable class and they go and they get it done and they say, wow, look, you can even win a world series in Kansas city or you point to the brewers who are based in one of the smallest markets in all of professional sports in Milwaukee. They win the division, the NL central every year. Has been that way for a while over a Chicago. And they said, well, look, there's no problem. To an extent, to an extent, an extent only, it is a Pittsburgh issue. We saw the Pirates in 2013 to 15 get their payroll over a $100 million. There were a lot of different things that converged, not least of which was that they had put together, and this is to the credit of everybody, including Neil Huntington, a group of really competitive dudes who could play and who pushed and who pushed the people above and made sure that there were additional roster acquisitions. That's again, another one of those, everything's got to be exactly aligned for it to happen. But Derek, it can, you know, you're saying this stuff right now, but in 2015, the Pirates had a 98-win season. The only reason they didn't advance, the only reason some would say that they didn't make it to the World Series or even win the World Series, and they might have been the best overall team in baseball, is that they just happened to be in the division with the Cardinals, so they just happened to get stuck with the one-and-done wild card, and that format was never going to be their friend because some other team was always going to have some crazy high-priced ace who was going to be able to come in and beat the Pirates' ace, and even though the Pirates' ace at the time was Garrett Cole, you weren't going to win that. You weren't going to win that at that stage of Cole's career and you didn't, and that was that, and 98 wins just went poof. Now they don't have that format anymore. There's no more one and done. If the Pirates were to get in as a wild card now, it would be a best of three series. So you want to call that hope? You can do that. If you want to have hope for a salary cap, that would take me another 10 shows to lay all that out. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.